0: Hello St. Louis, this is Tyreek Bae's I'm here to give you a few details about STL Undrafted Clothing. STL Undrafted Clothing is a brand that represents St. Louis' history and culture through design. Our core shirt is a St. Louis certified tee that comes in a variety of colors. It represents our abilities to overcome obstacles and achieve things that may seem impossible by remaining ourselves. You can follow us on Instagram for products and pictures of St. Louis, which also provides you with a link to our website for online shopping. This is In The Zone. Now, let me take you back.
1: One week ago, I read in the St. Louis Post-Dispatch about a newcomer to the airways in St. Louis. And he goes by the name of Dino Costa. And the the first thing that came to my mind is, who in the blue hell is that Rudy Pooh?
0: on the In The Zone Network.
2: Hey, this is ESPN 30 for 30 director Rory Karp, and you're listening to the In The Zone Network.
1: This is it.
2: What? Right about 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 now.
0: It's your Eastside partner, big Snoopy Dio. Like city, Dilo,
1: city, state to state, your worldwide, team. you're listening to In The Zone, and this is the network, Palmer Alexander, a.k.a. the living legend, K-I-L, when Ellen kill but kill still kill Joining me is Emmy Award Women Filmmaker, Rory Carpus Join us on our celebrity line. How you doing today, Rory?
2: Doing well. Thanks for having me.
1: Well, one of the reasons why I want to have you on this week is uh, you you had a had a great documentary on on Rick Flair, and you've done so many other ones that I want to uh, mention to you about. But starting off with with the nature boy Rick Flair, uh, what what was it like for you uh, going through that whole experience doing it? Because I know you've done on other documentaries uh, as far as you know as far as NASCAR and and football. What, what was the challenges that you faced during
2: the 1-by-wrestling? Um, I think probably the big, you know, I'm, I grew up a huge wrestling fan, so I think trying to make a film that uh, appeals to wrestling fans, where they feel like they're they're not being talked down to or it's not being dumbed down, but at the same time, it has universal appeal, so it's not just for wrestling fans. Most of the things I've seen on wrestling up until that point kind of fall into. the three categories either uh they're extremely surface level kind of like very bare-boned and only for people that know nothing about wrestling uh then there's things that are very inside that you don't even know what the people are talking about unless you really know about wrestling or it's very tragic and it just kind of focuses on kind of the underbelly of wrestling so i wanted to do something uh, different for sure
1: and When we had, uh, we made the post on social media on our Instagram page, and there's always going to be somebody with with something to say, and it doesn't doesn't even matter, but one comment was that the the 30 for 30, it didn't show anybody anything new, but this is what I disagree with. I'm a long-time wrestling fan, you're a long-time wrestling fan, and... The one thing that I loved about it is that the consistency of Flair's story, Flair's story has never changed. And I like the fact that a lot of the mainstream people, the casual fans really got a chance to see who this guy was.
2: Yeah. And, you know, I'm all up for constructive criticism, but that's just not true. I mean, I, ha- I saw somewhere like a, a wrestling blogger said that, but this film had a lot of things that had never been seen before or known. First of all, it's the first time ever, Rick Flair's first wife did an interview. So you have that. You have Hawk Hogan in the film say that Ric Flair was greater than him and better than he ever could be. You have uh, home movies and footage of his son and pictures of Rick growing up that had never been seen before. So I don't really get where a wrestling fan will say they learned nothing new um, because the film had a lot of things that no one's ever had before on a film about Rick.
1: Yeah, and, and then, you know, seeing some of the other wrestlers that you don't really get a chance to see quote unquote out of character, you know, undertakings, thing like that. And, and, you know, when you get those guys, you know, talking about, talking about flair, it, it also adds even, even more,
2: more to it. Right. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I don't think triple H undertaker uh, like you mentioned had been seen in this life before or Rick, uh, a lot of the stuff Rick has done up to this point. has been kind of, you know, on the surface and, you know, he's not really challenged. I feel like so. I, I think in the film, you know, some of the <clears throat> some of the things, you know, he he's challenged about his lifestyle. You see the good and the bad. So, you know, you're you're never gonna please everybody. And usually, when you try to please everyone, you wind up pleasing no one. So I just try to make films for myself more than anyone that I that I enjoy. And I try to talk to the ten year old version of me that's a, <laughs> a big time wrestling fan, but also uh the director, filmmaker version of me, where I'm trying to make something for a massive.
1: Joining me on our celebrity line is Rory Carp. He is a he won several Emmy Awards and we're talking about the thirty for thirty on the Nature Boy of Ric Fleur and Rick Fleur has has a lot of ties to to St. Louis as he does a lot of lot of places and I go back to when I was five, and I remember watching him wrestle. Uh, it, it was a show used to be called Wrestling at the Chase, and I remember watching him uh, wrestle Pat O'Connor, and 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 seeing Flair bloodied, and it just and but but he still came out winning on top, and and remember him beating Dusty Rose in 1983, and it was a big deal because they. I remember they airing those matches on on X Radio. So there, there's there's so much you know history when, when it when it comes to to Flair and, and some of the things that that he's done in St. Louis and and to see something like that again is is great from a, from a fan perspective because Rick Flair just brings the fan out in everybody.
2: For sure, I mean he's and people are still fans of him today. I mean he's in hip hop videos and athletes quote him, so he's arguably more relevant than ever.
1: Doing his career and stuff, and I know you chronicle it. What was there any time as, as from a fan? and I want to talk to the fan now. In, in you was there was there a point where you feel like he kind of lost a little bit of that edge? Because like you know when he went over to uh, the WWE initially in '91 or whatnot, and and it didn't go like we thought, but it kind of seemed like he, he lost a little bit of it. You know, during the mid '90s, and it always seemed like uh, you could kind of see him kind of going down as far as like losing confidence. Did, did that kind of shock you too?
2: Well, what I found going through the footage is that he stayed consistently entertaining through the years, no matter kind of what the storyline they gave him. And they gave him—he was involved in some kind of ridiculous storyline. Uh, he was like in a mental institution, and <laughs> then when he was in—he was in CNA. He was like in a wheelchair. He was always very entertaining. I I mean, I found myself laughing a lot when I was going through this stuff, and his promos were great. He starts, you know, taking off his suit and throwing his shoes in the crowd. He is elbowing the mat. You know, he became kind of like a lunatic. So, uh, I, I don't know. I just think he's a great entertainer, and he has a lot of longevity, obviously, in wrestling. And even TNA, where... Uh, He came back after retiring and a lot of people didn't want him to come back. I, I don't know if his wrestling matches were as strong for sure, but his promos and the sketches that he did were still very entertaining.
1: Jonas on our celebrity line is Rory Karf. He's won uh, four Emmys. Uh, he's directed several films, uh, especially during the 30 for 30 series. And you you got a, a great relationship with, with ESPN uh, do, doing these, uh, these sports documentaries. Uh, how long have you been associated with ESPN?
2: Uh, the first film I did for them was in their initial 30 for 30 launch. I guess it was in... Like 2010 or 11, it was a film on this race car driver, Tim Richmond, who died of AIDS. He was kind of the first athlete to con- contract the AIDS virus. So that was the first film I did for them. And uh, I've done about almost 15 since then.
1: Do you have any ones that are pers- personal favorites of-, of yours?
2: Um, Well, sometimes the experience is really good. Uh, It's not necessarily, I think it's the best film, but uh, I did a film on Wendell Scott. He was the first uh, African-American NASCAR driver. That was a good experience to film and book of Manning on the Manning family. And everything I do with Snoop is really Snoop Dogg is really enjoyable too.
1: So how'd you get connected with Snoop?
2: Snoop saw the book of Manning and uh, his son was playing football in high school. So I connected with him through his son. He wanted, he said he wanted to do the book of Snoop Manning. And he was telling me that he had all this footage of his son and he's the coach's son. So I was like, let's do it. And it led to us doing uh, the, our first series together. It was called Snoop and Son uh, on ESPN. And it's, it formed a good relationship because one reason – Snoop and no one associated with Snoop could get paid for the show. So it, because his son would lose eligibility for college if that happened. Mm -hmm. So once that was revealed, he was just doing it because he wanted to do it, uh, meaning Snoop and uh, the people around him and everything kind of just left it up to him more or less. So I got to really form a relationship with him and, you know, he had me in his house a bunch of times and there was a lot of trust. So, um, we we've done four series together up to this point, and it's a relationship I'm really appreciative of.
1: You know, and I really think that's uh, re- really dope too about Snoop because you see the the evolution of him. You know, as an entrepreneur, as as an entertainer. And I remember you were first seeing him kind of get off into the football, and and you would see you would see people you know have B-roll of him on on the sidelines and stuff like that. But this is something that that Snoop's take really really serious. You can really see that up close.
2: Yeah, the guy's incredible. I mean, if you want to talk about relevance, like we were with Ric Flair, I mean, Snoop's been around since like 92, 1992. And he keeps transitioning into different parts of his career. I mean, he has a gospel album out now. He's a game show host. He's with Martha Stewart. He's got, um, I think he owns a bunch of weed farms or something in California. The guy he's, he's on the the grind more than anyone I've really ever been around. So, um, he's someone I, I admire his work ethic a lot.
1: Join us on our celebrity line is Rory Carp. He is, uh, he's won four Emmys. He directed several, several, uh, specials for ESPN. Tell us about the new project that he has, uh, working with Snoop.
0: Yeah. And, uh, this is the A-Train Arlington Lane, uh, Rory. Um, I want to talk to you a little bit about uh, one of my favorite ESPN documentaries, 30 for 30s, that you did was um, the I Hate Christian Leitner." It was by far, I know um, sports-wise, a lot of people really enjoyed uh, how you were able to capture uh, that whole side of Christian Leitner. So tell our listeners a little bit more about how you were able to you know, delve in a bit more with Christian Leitner.
2: Well, ESPN said they just wanted to do a film on Christian Laettner um, because he, well, he was a great basketball player and he was kind of disliked. But that was kind of it. That's all they said. And I just thought it was kind of boring on the surface. You know, he was just uh, kind of a, you know, again on the surface, just kind of a milk toast kind of arrogant dude that played at Duke. But then when uh, they did a a poll of the most hated athletes, I think of all time on Grantland and he won. So that whole idea of hate and why we sometimes, why we sometimes enjoy hating on a team or a player more than we do rooting or cheering for someone. So I found that really interesting. And what about Leitner made him so hated? So uh, I got to work with Rob Lowe, on that film, and that was really cool. And Christian was really easy to work with, too. And I just try to find a different angle or take on something than a traditional bio if I can.
0: So, uh, yeah, what you actually had done was you actually showcased uh, a lot of Duke players that would transcend it from Christian Leitner, you know, and uh, like solo acts that wind up being hated, such as like a J.J. Reddick um you also have uh, Grayson Allen i don't know if you got a chance to really feature him in that that capacity but what it turned into was like there was always a solo player off of duke that everybody wound up hating and it, you know kind of based on what you did with this film with Christian Leitner.
2: yeah just the whole idea of why people hate duke we kind of went through the uh i think it was the five points of hate based off of the Duke Devil, Blue Devil Trident and tried to kind of give it a focus. And um, but sometimes it's hard to know how to tell the story and you kind of, you kind of figure it out in the editing room. It's something I deal with a lot now. More than ever, networks and people, production companies that want everything kind of written out on paper ahead of time before you even film anything. And it's good to have a plan going in. For sure, you don't want to be flying blind. But at the same time, you've got to be able to change direction and, and move in a different direction. And that's what we wound up doing on the Leitner film. So, um, and you know, people seem to have liked it.
1: Joining us on our celebrity line is Robbie Carver. We're not going to hold you for much longer. I want to ask you, what are some of the other projects that, that you have coming out down the line?
2: Uh, I have a film coming out on the History Channel next year. They're doing a series called History 100. It's kind of like a 30 for 30, but based off of like big events and key figures of the last hundred years that maybe people don't know much about. This film is about uh, this kind of uh, top secret place that built all the spy planes and war planes through the years and how... How the people that worked there, uh, you know, their families knew they thought they were just working for Lockheed Martin. but you know, a lot these people are engineers and everything, and it turned out they were actually part of the. They call it the Black World, and it's uh it's pretty cool. It's a two hour film, and uh, that's coming out next year. And I'm doing some stuff with UFC for their 25th anniversary, uh, directing a short film on the fighter Mac Hughes. He got uh, hit by a train last year and suffered a pretty bad head injury. That's uh, that's why I was in St. Louis. Um, and, uh, yeah. yeah, that's about it.
0: Well, I appreciate you, Roy, coming through and uh, doing this interview for us. Uh, where can our listeners find you uh, on social media? My Twitter is at Rory
2: Karp. It's R-O-R-Y-K-A-R-P-F. And my Instagram is, I think it's at Rory Carp Director. Pretty sure. Hold well, on, let me check. It's either maybe it's a little, maybe it's Rory Director. I don't know. Uh, just, I just got I just got on Instagram like a month ago, so I'm um, still, still, still new It's it. Either at Rory Director or Rory Carp
1: all right thank you so much for spending time with us this afternoon we will definitely be in touch we definitely want to have you back on too so so we can plug
2: uh the, the next
1: show that you have on the history channel
2: appreciate you guys having me on thanks
1: all right thank you so much that is rory Coffee. he is an emmy award winning director he has joined us on the end of zone network we are going city to city state to state worldwide you're listening to end of zone and this is the network
2: Hey, this is ESPN 30 to 30 director Rory Carr. and you're listening to In The Zone. This is In The Zone.
1: Now let me take you back. One week ago, I read in the St. Louis Post-Dispatch about a newcomer to the airways in St. Louis. And he goes by the name of Dino... And the, and the first thing that came to my mind is who in the blue hell is that Rudy Pooh?
0: On the In the Zone Network.